welcome to Totally Buggin', the podcast about all things creepy crawly. We are your host organisms, Cami And Faith. Faith, have you ever had a sunburn? I get horribly sunburned every summer. All my Scandinavian people can relate. You're Scandinavian? Yeah. Okay. Like, basically all the white people countries. Okay. Is what my family is made up of. All right. So... Um, no when bueno. you get a sunburn, do you ever wish you could, like, peel all of your skin off? Like, okay. just, like, slough it all off in one layer and just have new skin? A few weeks ago. Or oh, is this going to be gross? Like, if it's gross, please don't tell me. No, it's not gross. Okay, go well, ahead. Well, okay, I don't think it's gross. Go ahead. But um, my boyfriend went to spring break and got someone, like, he could. He got the part of his back that he could reach on his own, so, like, the bottom part of your back, um, with sunscreen. But then... Didn't ask anyone to get the top half, so he came home horribly sunburnt and was peeling, like, literally everywhere, and I would just sit and peel, like, the big pieces of skin off his back. My grandma likes to do that. I, it's satisfying. I don't know why. So we're not going to be talking about sunburn today, but we are going to be talking about molting. Ooh. What do you know about molting? Um, I know that it's basically when an insect peels off, like, the first, like, a layer of skin and leaves it behind. Or another- Is it skin, or what is it? Uh, chitin. X. Oh, skeleton! Yes! I was doing, I was doing hand gestures for the, for the letters. I did XO. Yeah. And then, I know skin- not skins. I know snakes also, uh, like, shed their skin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you know why molting is a thing? Why is that? Why do they do that? Is it because they get bigger? Like, yeah. I, I know hermit crabs will move shells mm-hmm. when they're too big for the one that they're in. They also shed their exoskeleton because oh, really? hermit crabs are... Arthropods, yes. I'm failing tonight. It's okay. Okay. So today we're going to be talking about the general process of cuticular molting. And we're going to use the cicada as a case study. So such a pretty girl. Yes, I like cicadas. (laughs) I'm, I'm quite fond of them. So other insects might have slight variations in their molting behaviors, but the chemical and physical mechanism is going to be largely the same. Okay. So you can just picture a cicada in your head when I'm telling you all of this because we're getting into the warmer months and soon you're going to be seeing those crunchy little shells and hearing their lovely singing voice. But you might find a cicada exoskeleton mm-hmm. on a tree in your yard. Ooh, I want to go looking for them this year. That sounds I, really cool. Yeah, I always pick them up and then my parents are like, can we throw these away? And I'm like, no, I guess. <laughs> Molting is the biological process by which insects shed their hard exoskeletons to allow growth. Mm -hmm. Insects would not survive without their ability to molt. Instead of having a skeleton made of bones on the inside like humans, Mm -hmm. insects and other arthropods have a skeleton on the outside. Exoskeleton. Yes. Outside skeleton. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if your skeleton, imagine if you have, like, a, a layer of, like, bone armor around you. Mm-hmm. That would make it pretty difficult to grow. So that's why arthropods shed 
that top layer Mm -hmm. of their exoskeleton and make a new one so that they have room to grow. What about crustaceans like crabs? Because is that an my understanding is yeah my understanding is that they also molt. Okay. Yeah. They just. I know for a fact that hermit crabs do. I know those are different from other crabs, but I don't know why I'm just thinking of like lobster. Again, like I don't I don't want to say always, but you know, my understanding is that if it has an exoskeleton, it needs to shed its exoskeleton and molt Mm -hmm. in order to be able to grow. Ooh, okay. I have another question, and this is very specific. Um, I'm assuming cockroaches also molt. Mm -hmm. Are they white when they molt? And then they get the color later? Yeah, we're actually going to talk about that. That's what they've been doing at work then. Oh. Because they have... At the library? No, at um, the entomology lab. Oh, oh, okay. No, we do not have cockroaches at the library. Okay. Official official Penn State statement. Okay, roaches that you have specifically bred in the lab yes, intentionally. They're they're kept in cages. Okay. In the lab. Okay. Um and That makes me feel better. Yeah, they're like out in the hallway and I just like to look at them sometimes mm-hmm. and I noticed that there are some like itty bitty ones yeah. that are white and I'm like I wonder if they're albino or maybe they're molting. Or yeah, what's so going that on? that means that they've just molted. So we'll oh. talk about that once we get a little bit further into the process. Foreshadowing. Yep. Yeah. Yay. Great job. So I'm going to give you a quick little recap on basic insect anatomy, mm-hmm. um, which you may remember from our entomology basics episode from a couple months ago. Pop quiz. Pop quiz. Pop Faith. Quiz. What are the three main body segments of an insect. I know thorax is the middle part. Uh-huh. Head? Uh-huh. Okay, I just didn't know if that's what it's actually called. Yeah. And then Head, thorax, and? Abdomen. Yeah, I nearly, good job. I nearly said butt. You know what? <laughs> functionally, yes. Fuck, functionally, it is the butt, but that's not what it's called. Yeah. So, the head is responsible for the sensory function and contains the eyes, antennae, and mouth parts. Mm-hmm. The thorax is the middle segment to which three pairs of jointed legs are attached, making this segment primarily responsible for the insect's ability to move. Winged insects also have their wings attached to the thorax. Mm -hmm. And the abdomen, or the butt, contains the insect's organs as well as reproductive and excretory features. It's unladylike. I'm sorry. I'm such a child. Okay. So... That's the basic body organization. Mm -hmm. So now we can talk a little bit about the exoskeleton. Insects are invertebrates, so they are animals without a backbone. Mm -hmm. Without internal bones, they rely on a hard exoskeleton to give their body structure and protection from the environment and disease. Because if they were just like Mm -hmm. a big fleshy Yeah, they wouldn't survive very long. Exactly. They'd be very vulnerable. Um, There would be... No barrier for, mm-hmm. like, bacteria and, like, fungus yeah. and other... Imagine you without your skin, kind of. Uh, or that's probably not the best example. I'm, pi- herm- I'm picturing myself as the female titan. <laughs> or liter. Okay, you could literally think of a hermit crab without its shell. Yeah. 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 And then also, isn't this why... <coughs> bless you. Isn't this also why bugs are crunchy when you step yeah. on them? uh-huh. Yeah, so an exoskeleton is mostly made of chitin, which is an amid derivative of the sugar molecule glucose. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Chitin is very similar in structure and function to keratin. Do you know what that is? Isn't that... Oh, it's what makes up, like, your hair and nails. Yeah, it's a structural protein that makes up human hair and nails. Mm -hmm. So if you look at your fingernails right now and you kind of feel how hard they are, Mm -hmm. um, you can imagine that chitin is pretty similar. Okay, and then we've got layers of the exoskeleton. Oh, cool. So we're going to go from top to bottom. Okay. So we've got the integument, which is the set of organs forming the outermost layer of an animal's body. Mm -hmm. This is kind of, uh, the integument is another word for the exoskeleton, basically. Okay. And then the outermost area is the epicuticle, Mm -hmm. a thin, non-chitinous layer involved in repairing insect wounds. Okay. Then we have the exocuticle, a thick layer of chitin proteins that are arranged in an X pattern mm-hmm. for additional support. So there's kind of a cross hatching going on. Okay. You know how um, in like architecture and engineering, yeah. a triangle is considered like the, the strongest, strongest shape? shape? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the concept there. So that's why oh, they okay. have the they have everything kind of cross hatched with mm-hmm. X an X pattern. Then we have the endocuticle. A flexible layer that allows the joints and body segments to move. Mm-hmm. The epidermis. Like your, like human skin. Yeah, a single layer of cells similar to skin cells in humans. And then finally, we have the basement membrane. A layer containing nerves and trachea that separates epidermal cells from the rest of the body. This is reminding me of when I had to take a uh, class that talked about skin cancer. Uh-huh. And like all the different levels of skin because you don't really think about like how many different levels there are in your skin so this is this is reminding me of that yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then I have a little picture for Faith to help her visualize that pretty picture Uh uh-huh so you with me so far with the structure of the exoskeleton dermal gland duct opening yeah oh okay I see mm -hmm. yeah that's going to be important later oh okay yeah more foreshadowing Mm mm-hmm okay So I'm going to first give you the basic mechanism of molting in simple terms, Mm -hmm. and then we'll go into detail with the different enzymes and chemicals and the more specific process. So first we're going to broadly summarize it, and then I'll give you like the, the breakdown of exactly how it works. Okay. Okay? When an insect's body grows too large for its exoskeleton. Chemicals in the insect's body break down parts of the exoskeleton between the epidermal cells that will make new exoskeleton layer and the exocuticle. Mm -hmm. The outermost layer of the old exoskeleton is too tough to be broken down, so the insect will puncture it and crawl out. So they'll make a hole and they'll crawl out of the hole. Okay. The insect will wait in a safe place for the new outer layer to harden, which can take... A few hours or a few days. I was so I, this is the mm-hmm. stage that you're talking about with the cockroaches, where they're waiting for the outer layer to harden. Okay, I was going to ask that if like, because um, I think, like, um, when like human skin, like mm-hmm. you don't need to shed off skin and then go wait somewhere to grow back your skin. So I right. was wondering if it was something like that, or but it's not. It's you. You peel it all off, and then you have to go wait somewhere safe until you can grow back. Yep, until it hardens and you have something protecting you again. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, does that simplification make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. 
So you're ready to go a little bit more in detail? Okay. I see big words. It's okay. We'll, We'll break down the big words. Okay. Okay? So first, cuticular epidermal cells are Mm -hmm. stimulated or activated Mm -hmm. by insect molting hormone 20-hydroxyecdisone. Ooh. Okay? I kind of know what that word means from organic chemistry. Okay. Break it down for us. Um, Uh 20-hydroxy is usually, that indicates, like, where a hydroxy functional group or an OH Mm -hmm. is in a chemical. Yeah. And then ectisone. 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 Mm Mm-hmm. It reminds me of something. I just can't place it off the top of my head. Yeah. So, like, oh, cortisone. Yeah, that's kind of. a good comparison. Okay. So, ecdysone. Mm-hmm. Later, we're gonna talk about a process called ecdysis. Okay. So, just keep that on like a sticky note in the back of your mind. Okay. Okay. It'll make sense later. Okay. Okay. So, this hormone, twenty hydroxy ecdysone, stimulates genes to trigger the formation of a new cuticle. And the shedding of the old. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Epidermal cells then undergo mitosis, so replication of the somatic cells, mm-hmm. eventually forming a new, larger cuticle. Okay. The old cuticle then separates from epidermal cells in a step called apolysis. So, so far, we've got a hormone triggering genes to make a new cuticle, Mm -hmm. and then the new cuticle is separating from the old cuticle. Is um, apolysis? Apolysis. Apolysis. Is this similar to um, apoptosis? Um, I think it might have a similar root, but apoptosis is programmed cell death, and I don't don't really think that the separation... It's the same thing. Yeah, I don't think it's... No. Okay. Mm -hmm. So... During apolysis, this creates a gap between the cuticle and the epidermal cells called the ecdysial space. Mm -hmm. So that's where we get the 20-hydroxy ectosone, ectosone, ecdysial space. Okay. Okay? Yeah. All right. So we've separated. There was a gap. Mm -hmm. Now that gap, the ecdysial space, is filled with molting gel, which is made of inactive chitinase and protease. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me what you think chitinase and protease do? Well, the what's the term for when something is at the end of a word? Suffix? Yeah, the suffix. Um, ace is, mm-hmm. that's usually a good indicator in biology of something uh, to break down. So chitinase would break down chitin and protease would break down, I believe, proteins? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So... You're right. Okay. Um, All enzymes have the suffix ACE and are named based off of the reaction that they catalyze or trigger. Okay. So chitinase is an enzyme that breaks down chitin and protease is an enzyme that breaks down proteins. So you got Mm -hmm. it. Yay. Yep. Those biology classes. I know. Yeah. You can tell your dad that it's... Pay, it's paying off <laughs> your expensive book learning. It's it's making it's you off. able to answer questions. Yep. Okay. So we've separated the old and the new cuticle, mm-hmm. forming a gap. The gap is filling with gel that has these enzymes. Okay. Now the new 
outer epicuticle layer called cuticulin Mm -hmm. is secreted to protect the epidermal cells and the new cuticle from being digested by these enzymes. So we've just made this nice new exoskeleton layer. Mm -hmm. We don't want this to be broken down when we break down the old layer. Yeah. So we've got a protective barrier there now. Mm -hmm. Then the molting gel is activated and becomes liquid. So it's goo now. Yeah, I was going to say, I've never seen this process, but it's probably got to be kind of gross. I I, or like I the tend insects, to think of it as cool, not well, gross. Well, okay, the insects are, like, probably wet when they come out of their new, mm-hmm. out of their old shell thingy. A little bit. Okay. Okay. All right, so we've got mm-hmm. old exoskeleton, mm-hmm. new layer. Mm-hmm. They've separated. There's a gap goop. filled with the goop. Goop is activated, Mm -hmm. and the activated molting gel digests the old endocuticle from the bottom up until it it reaches the old exocuticle layer, which is sclerotized, or stabilized by the formation of those Mm cross-links between cuticle proteins, and therefore it's resistant to enzymes. Okay. So then, this part's pretty cool. Mm Mm-hmm. We don't want to waste all the energy that we've just spent on making this molting gel that became molting fluid. Okay. So the insect reabsorbs the molting fluid and reuses up to 90% of the broken down proteins and chitin to make a new procuticle. That's so cool. Yeah. So reduce, reuse, recycle. I was going to say, insects are so sustainable. If bugs can do it, you can too. (laughs) Just absorb the old things that come off of your body and reuse them. Okay. Maybe not in that way. No. You know, you can recycle. No, absolutely recycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and stop buying things from, like, Shein and stuff. Uh, oh, wait. I was talking to someone about Shein earlier, and I was worried it was you. And I was, and she, it was Tyler. She was like, don't do that. Yeah. It's poor quality. It's bad quality. And, like, just, you know, trade clothes with your friends. That's what we did. Uh, I know. We did a couple weeks ago, and we both got pretty dresses out of I it. I know. Pretty dresses. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So we've got the mm-hmm. two, the old layer and the new layer mm-hmm. formed the gap, the gap filled with the gel. Mm-hmm. And then we've got the breaking down of the old layer, mm-hmm. reabsorbing that molting fluid mm-hmm. and making a new procuticle. Mm-hmm. So then we have the epidermal cells that deposit the wax layer and the polyphenol layer of the new cuticle. Then the dermal glands release the cement layer. Oh, those were the cool... Yes, that was... Yeah, they look like tunnels, big yes. tunnels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so then the old exocuticle and epicuticle are sloughed off. So this step is called ecdysis. Okay. So bringing it back to the... 20-hydroxy-ecdysone, we've mm-hmm. got ecdysis, so hopefully it's starting it's, to yeah. it's starting to click in your mind, like, oh, okay, these steps are related. Mm-hmm. So the insect's muscles contract. Oh, my God, I just spat on my iPad. <laughs> Did not mean to do that. Um, the, insect mu- the insect's muscles contract, and they wiggle out of their exoskeleton by pushing their body forward and out. So, would you like to see a demonstration of my interpretation of that? I would. Okay. Listeners, you're going to have to imagine. This is just for Faith's enjoyment. Here, I can do thematic narration. Okay. 
So, what kind of insect am I? Um, We're using a cicada as an example. Let's do a cicada. Okay, so, I'm on my tree. Okay. And <laughs> I have I want to get out, and I'm slopping off the layers, so I start going. Cammy is pushing her head in and out like she, like, kind of like and a chicken kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm contracting my muscles and getting out of the hole that I've made in the uh-huh. exoskeleton. Okay. And then I hold on to the tree, <laughs> and I'm all pale and wet. And you... And I'm, like, hanging on. Uh-huh. And then... Mm-hmm. We're gonna wait for the exoskeleton to harden. Okay. Oh, I love trips to the theater. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. We should go again. Oh, yes, my God. Yes, oh, my gosh. That was we so went and good. saw Town, and it was amazing. So good. I cried. I did, too. Twice. I don't know. I Emotion. didn't even. I didn't even count. <laughs> okay, so they get out of the exoskeleton. Then the hormone bursicon mm-hmm. is released and stimulates sclerotization. Mm. This is the stage that you were describing. Okay, where they like have already popped out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so sclerotization, which hardens the new exocuticle, so that the insect will have its protective exoskeleton. And then you would uh, visibly be able to see this because, like, they'd go back to normal brown cockroach color. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at cockroaches. Yeah, so it, the exoskeleton, when it hardens, it also darkens in color. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. So here's a picture of a cicada. Aww. He looks all squishy. Yeah. Poor little guy. Mm-hmm. Someone get him a sweater. Yeah, see, that's why I was, like, <laughs> that's why I was doing that. Um... Okay, so, Faith, do you think you can kind of summarize the molting process for us? You don't have to use the hormone names if you can't remember them. Um, Insect gets ready to molt. The, like, deepest layer in their skin starts forming new stuff Mm -hmm. and pushing it upward. Mm -hmm. And at that time, um, they make the goop to make the gap. Separate first. They separate first. Uh And then the goop goes in the gap Mm -hmm. to dissolve to break down yeah to break it down um basically break down the chitin and the proteins yes yeah i keep i keep forgetting to use the science words that's okay break down the chitin and the protein um up to what which they reuse which they reuse Uh um basically to the top of the cross hatching in the exoskeleton Uh um and then once they reuse it they start rebuilding the new stuff Mm -hmm. until basically they need to pop out of the old thing. So they start ecdysis. Yes, good job. (laughs) And push, like flex their back and push a hole out of their old exoskeleton and then sit and wait for um, the rest of the exoskeleton uh, to harden. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and the hardening is called sclerotization. Sclerotization. Yes. I was actually curious. I had read that. Was that was good. I had good read job. That, yay. I had read that word in a paper, mm-hmm. and I was like, what does that mean? I think yeah, sclerotization is the hardening of the new exoskeleton. I think I was reading about um, monarch butterflies. Of um, course. Well, duh. Yeah. Monarch butterflies um, 
forming their chrysalis. Mm -hmm. And I think they use that term to describe the chrysalis, like, forming and hardening around the monarch butterfly. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe look into that and we can do a follow-up episode on On monarch. Ooh, on sclerotization. Or maybe on um, just, like, the pupal stage for insects generally. Because I don't really understand how that works, and I would be interested to hear about it. I don't either. I've seen different things, like, I think sometimes the insect, like, makes their own pupa out of, like, organic material. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I've seen certain types of, like, silk worms and moths and stuff basically eat food and then spit it out and, like, build a little thing around themselves to pupate in. But yeah. I don't think that's how it works for monarchs. All right, so stay tuned. Uh, eventually, we will hopefully do an episode where we actually know what we're talking about with yes. in relation to forming the chrysalis. chrysalis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I think we have a good understanding of how molting works. Yeah. Are there any places where you can think of that this could go wrong for the insect? If the initial hormone never um, 20... 20-hydroxy-ectazone. Mm-hmm. Look at me. Yeah, um, good job. If that never activates in the, like, in the beginning of the process, the whole process wouldn't work at all. So, yeah. like, that would be a big one where it goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably also if, like, the start of the process where you start to dissolve the old exoskeleton and form that gap and start making the new material. Like, if none of that happened, that would probably be really bad Mm -hmm. because they need it to live. Yeah, so molting is actually one of the things that can be targeted Mm -hmm. in pesticides because you can try to have a pesticide that's only going to affect insects and not, like, other, like, small mammals Yeah, by having a chitinase. Okay, yeah. To break down the chitin. Mm-hmm. Um, other ways that molting can kind of go wrong is that the time between the beginning of ecdysis and the end of sclerotization mm-hmm. is very dangerous for an insect because their bodies are soft and squishy and exposed. Oh, yeah. Easy snack for predators. Mm-hmm. Delicious. So that's why an insect has to find a safe place to molt where they're mm-hmm. hidden from predators, like in the branches of a sturdy tree. Mm-hmm. So not all insects survive the molting process. In addition to the potential of being eaten, interruptions to molting can halt or prevent the process from continuing. Oh. So a couple of things that can cause molting failure are crowding. So if too many insects are molting in a small space, that can prevent them from continuing the molting process properly. Mm -hmm. There's also physical disturbances where the insect is knocked down by wind or other environmental factors. Okay. Or pesticides. Some pesticides contain chitinase, breaking down the chitinous exoskeleton and preventing a new one from being made. For the one where, or the two that you talked about with the crowding and the physical disturbance, Uh in those situations, um, could an insect, like, prolong their molting? Like, basically procrastinate until they're somewhere safer? Or is it like, we got to do this now? So my understanding is that once insect molting hormone 20-hydroxydisone is activated, the process is in in motion and it's not going to be able to, it's going to start 
doing that cascade of triggering other okay. hormones to do the next pro- step in the process. Mm-hmm. So my understanding is that um, it would be difficult to kind of pause and find another place. Like, okay. you got to find a good place to start molting. Yeah. Or, or it's not going to work. Yeah, it's not going to work out for you. Okay. Because I think there are... You just have to hope that you're the one who knocks over another insect that's trying to molt and not yeah. the other way around. Yeah. I think in some processes, depending on what it is in the organism, you can, like, prolong certain processes if you're not in the proper conditions to do them, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but... Mm-hmm. So before we go, I'm just going to show Faith a quick time lapse of a cicada molting. Ooh. So we're going to watch this real quick and kind of react to it. Ooh. See, that's what I was going yeah, with Yeah, it's, it's very, like, aggressively... It's twerking. Con- convuls- it is twerking. Oh, he's all squishy. Mm-hmm. Oh, he has, he has wings back. right out of there, yeah. See? Oh, my, my interpretive dance was accurate. He's doing a JoJo pose. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> Good God. Aww. Apparently that's not even from the show. It's from a video game. Oh, really? Yeah, the leaning back one. He looks all pale and sad. Mm-hmm. And now it's going to harden. Mm-hmm. Let's see, slowly starting to get more brown. Yeah. There you go. Cool. Okay. So now, whenever you go outside and you find those crunchy little shells, don't freak out. It's not a living insect. No. It's just the exoskeleton that was left behind by a cicada. Mm -hmm. Or by another insect. I was going to do all insects molt? Again, I don't want to say all, but I'm pretty sure yes. Okay. Yeah. If If you're an organism with an exoskeleton, you can't grow if you don't molt. Okay. Cool. So the insects that don't molt die basically. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. So happy exoskeleton hunting in your yard. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Bye.